0: Yesterday, I was putting Brandon and Mitch in a car seat in the car. Today, they want to help me, they want me to help them pay their car insurance. (laughs) They're little, you blink, and they're this big. Amen? Amen? You know what I'm talking about? Do you go back and look at the pictures in the album and go, that was last year. It's amazing. I, I honestly, I, I guess I'm just pouring my heart out here. With me and Millie, and I talk about this all the time. It just seems like no time that they were this little, and I could intimidate them. And those days are over. Now I try, it and they go, "You're so funny, old man." Um, our kids grow up so fast. They're little. They're running around, they're jumping up in your lap, and you just blink your eyes and they're all grown up. And every one of us who have kids want to be good parents. Every one of us who have kids want to to have strong families. I don't know any parent who doesn't want to be a good parent. I know parents who who feel like they've failed. I know parents who feel like they're not good at it. But I don't know anybody who doesn't want to be good at it. So we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks, how to be a good parent. Let's read from Psalm 127, and we'll begin with verse 1. I'm going to be reading uh, from the New Living Translation. It'll be up on the screen, but many of you have your Bibles, and that's great. I love to see people come in with their Bible. You know, um, I may fake you out one Sunday and just see if you got your Bible. And, you know, read from the book of Hezekiah or something. <clears throat> There's somebody out there right now going, I love that book. I love it. Okay. <clears throat> Don't say that out loud. Psalm 127.1. Unless the Lord builds a house, the workers or the work of the builders is useless. Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. You want the Lord building your house. You want the Lord in your house. You want the Lord outside covering your house. If you've not welcomed God into your home, that's your first step, to welcome Him into your heart and into your home. Verse 3, 2. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night anxiously working for food to eat. Then this next phrase just talks about Instead of trusting yourself for provision, trust Him. Especially in this economy, ladies and gentlemen. I think we're going to learn something in the next few years, and that is to trust God. For God gives rest to His loved ones. Did you hear that? The bi- Man, what a verse. I could preach on that right there. All of a sudden, I just got a desire to preach on that verse, but... As it relates to the economy and your family being taken care of, you ought to claim verse 2 right there. You ought to claim it for your family this morning. It's useless to think. What this verse means is it's useless to think that you're providing for your family. You're not providing for your family. God is. God's providing for your family. Look at verse 3. Children are a gift from the Lord. And I know you. some of y'all don't feel like that right now. I understand that. I'm standing on the way here this morning. Uh, that you started to stop and put two or three of them out beside the road. I understand that. I understand that. I've been there, done that. Uh, uh, Actually, I didn't put them out, but I've been there and felt like that. Um, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like sharp arrows in a warrior's hand. Look at that poetry there. Isn't that beautiful? Look at verse 5. How happy. Is the man, that really means the human, how happy is the person whose quiver is full of them? He will not put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. He will not be put to shame. The fact is, the pace that we live in today, the, the pace that most of us live, this Hurry, push, be successful. You gotta have a car like your neighbor. You gotta have a house like your neighbor. You gotta have a boat like your neighbor, or you're not really with it. We, we're under that pressure, so we work way more than we should. We work way longer than we should, and um, we just feel the pressure, you know, to be and and to have that certain. Um, um, uh, image that we want to project in our neighborhood and even at church and and we want people to think certain things about us and we worry so much about what our neighbors think and the guy at work thinks or our buddies think about us or 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 you you know you the women worry about what other moms and women think about them and we got these little kids in the house and we're not even worried about what they think of us you know what i've never Seen a person come to the end of their life and say, I wish I'd spent more time with my buddies. I wish I'd spent more time at work. I wish I'd spent more time, uh, you know, being with my girlfriend. Just about everybody I run into at the end of their life are going, I wish I'd given more time to my children. I wish I'd given more time to my family. Isn't that true? So what we're going to do today is... um, We're going to look at the fact that because of the pace of our lives and because of the pressures that the family and our children are put at risk. We put them at risk. We literally risk the future of our children because we let the society we live in set our agenda for us instead of allowing God's word to set our agenda for us. So the question is, is it possible to achieve success? Is it possible to have a nice life and a nice home and a nice job and at the same time have a healthy family? Is it possible to raise godly kids in this ungodly world? I want to give you seven things, but today I'm going to give you just one. And the people said... doesn't matter if you're a parent or not, there are children in your life, Uh, nieces, nephews, neighbors. I remember when my boys were little, there were kids in my house all the time, and I didn't know who they were or where they came from. Sometimes my boys would go back outside, and these kids would stay in the house just walking around. What you got to eat? You know, I'd open a closet, they'd be sitting in there eating Doritos. Get out of my house, you know. So, um, you got kids in your life, some of you are teachers, some of you teach here at the church, and you got kids in your life, kids you babysit. These seven things I want to share with you in this series don't come from some fad book on parenting that you can buy at Barnes & Noble or you can buy at Books A Million. Uh, What I'm going to give you comes from God's Word. We're going to look in the Bible. Everybody okay with that? I want to find out what God says about this. Because these seven basic needs of a child are really uh, things that your father gives you every day. And he wants you to give them to your children every day. As a matter of fact, the seven things I'm going to give you that a child needs, everybody needs these things. Every person in your life needs these things. Uh, Husbands, your wives need what I'm going to say today. Uh, Wives, your husbands need it. Your friends need it. People at church, people you are with, your family need these things. Let's look at the first one. Kids need compassion. They need compassion. And by that I mean that more than anything else, children need unconditional love. Love with no strings attached. Not love that says if you do this and if you accomplish this and if you get this grade and If you do this in sports, then I'm going to love you. But unconditional love. Love that says no matter what you do, no matter how bad you mess up, you can count on my love. It will always be the same. It will always be steadfast. Isn't God like that? Isn't that the way God is? Everyone, especially our children, need a place where they're accepted and where they're loved unconditionally, warts and all. What's the definition of compassion? Compassion is a combination of love and understanding. Love and understanding. Compassion is where I know everything about you and I still love you the same level of love and I accept you as I've always accepted you. Unconditional love. 1 John 4 and 7 says, Practice loving each other. So if you don't really love somebody, just practice. Amen? Amen? Practice loving each other for love comes from God. See, love is not natural for us. Love isn't natural. You remember we talked last week about the current of the world and how the current of the world is going away from God? Well, you're actually battling, um, you're actually battling three currents that are pushing you in the wrong direction. The current of the world system is selfish and prideful. So that leads you away from God. Then there's your own human nature. And it is selfish and prideful. And it's trying to lead you away from God. And then there's the enemy, Satan himself, who we know is a decided fact, a destructive force, but also a what? Defeated foe. But he's trying to lead you away from God. So they're actually... Three currents that are pulling you away from God. And so it is not natural to love. You have to learn it. You have to learn it. And the best way to learn to love like God loves is to practice that. And what better way to practice love than to do it with the people that you're forced to live with your whole life? I mean, let's face it. If you can learn to love your family, you can about love anybody. And the people said... Amen, amen. And we're down here in the south, so I'm going to say something that most of y'all are going to understand, but a lot of you aren't. I've always said, if you can go with somebody on vacation and come back friends, because usually when I take somebody on vacation one day, and I'm like, I'm going to kill these people. I'm, you know, and then I'm in jail, can't Pastor Whitley anymore. And, uh, the other thing, how many of y'all have ever... Uh, Put in tobacco, barn tobacco. Anybody ever? See, see, if you can do those two things, you got love, love, love in your heart. Amen, amen. If you can do those two things without killing somebody. So, so why is it that if we can, can love our families, we love just about anybody, because you, you don't live in that close contact with any other person as much as you do your family. It's easy to love people at a distance. But it's... Um, a challenge when you're with people all the time. And I want to tell, tell all you guys that are about to get married. All you gals. They're going to be there all the time. <laughs> I'm reminded of a sign... I'm reminded of a scene from that great gospel TV program, Seinfeld. (laughs) When Kramer's explaining to Jerry what it's like to be married. He says, you come in at the end of the day, and she goes, how was your day today? Has anybody seen that? You heathens, every one of y'all watch that. You laugh (laughs) at that. God, leave me up here by myself. I don't know, how was your day today? You know, I'm telling you. When you get married, you remember that old song, he was there all the time? Well, they're going to be there all the time. Something to think about. Not trying to talk anybody out of anything, just know. Bless Millie's heart, she has to see me every day. Um, so when you practice love in the family, Um, you're learning to really love. Let me give you three ways very quickly, and I'm going to give you these very quickly, uh, that you show this love I'm talking about. Three ways to show it, express it. Uh, Affirmation, affection, and attention. Those are the three ways you show it. We all love our kids, but too often we don't express that love uh, in a way that they can get it. Here's what we say, I work hard, I bought him that X35070 deal, I bought him that thing, we plugged it in, the lights dimmed in the house, I mean come on, I bought him that car, I bought him this, but that isn't what they need from you, they'll take that, won't they, But that's not what they need from you most of all. They need you to affirm them. Your children need to hear you say what they mean to you. Your children children need to hear you tell them you love them. You need to look them in the eye, get their attention and say, I want you to know that I love you. And I want you to know that whatever you do, I'm going to love you. Whatever you don't do, I'm going to love you. And I have a dream for you, and I have things I want in your life. But if your dream is different than mama's dream or daddy's dream, you follow your dream, and I will love you. And I will support you in your dream. Tell them how precious they are. i got to preach to you daddies here just a minute, because daddies are... You know, we struggle with it more than the mamas, you know. Moms are real good at expressing. Not, and, I, and I'll tell you, and I'm not trying to be offensive today, but not all moms are. And a lot of times, uh, that comes from how they were brought up. And, uh, you know, a lot of us were brought up in generations where you just didn't say, you know, I love you a lot. I remember a story I heard about an old woman, an old man sitting on the front porch and Neither one of them could hear real good and the woman, it was their anniversary, and the man leaned over to the woman and said, I love you. She said, Huh? (laughs) He said, I love you. She said, Wait, (laughs) say. He said, I love you. She said, I'm tired of you too. So Then there was the guy who said, uh, his wife said, you never tell me you love me. He said, I told you 25 years ago, if I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> this don't cut it, guys. This don't cut it. I'll say something to you men out there. Your, your daughters need to, need to hear you talk about how valuable they are. Because I'll tell you something, men. If they don't get it from their daddy, they'll find it somewhere. They got to get it from their daddy. They got to get it from daddy and and, and, and there may be some situations in this church where that isn't happening and I'm sure it is and that's where men in our church, when you know that's true, that we need to speak in the the proper place, proper time, proper way, you know all that, but you need to tell uh, these young ladies who have no father in their life how precious they are and how they're a gift from God because they are. But they need to hear that they need to hear that because they're gonna find that acceptance somewhere they're gonna find that that love somewhere they're gonna find those words somewhere and they're gonna make themselves vulnerable to somebody who's telling them things they need to hear so bad but the one who's telling them doesn't really mean it he only wants one thing from her and then he's done amen amen can I preach like this in church I'm telling you right now, we need to affirm our children. Well, I just wasn't raised like that. Well, uh, change. Get over it. I tell you, my daddy, I, he brought me. A, I, it, listen, I love you, daddy, but your daddy might have been wrong in the way he did it. Amen, amen. amen. Tell your children, change it. See. Don't give them the same example was given to you. You say, well, I love that. I understand that. But your kids may need something from you that wasn't supplied to you. And you turned out fine. You turned out okay. But they may not. So break the cycle. It's time to break the cycle. I've seen some fathers stand over caskets and tell children how much they love them. And I've heard those fathers apologize. Standing over those caskets for not expressing their love while that child was alive. Don't, don't, don't make that mistake. You need to tell them every day, more than once a day. Verbally affirm them. Verbally build them up with expressions of appreciation and love. If you don't know what to say, and you are just so intimidated by that you can't stand it, then go to Hallmark. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Honestly, seriously. Find a card. And don't find one of those that rhymes. Come on. Roses are red and violets are blue. Your nose looks like a B-52. Don't. (laughs) Don't get something like that. They make cards that just express. And you read through those cards. Now, I'll tell you all something. I am the biggest Sissy in the world when it comes to cards because when I go in the Hallmark place, I'm standing there crying. You need Pastor Whitley Church? Yes, he must be really going through something. He's crying. No, I'm just reading these cards. <laughs> Talking about your mama and your wife. <laughs> and then, whichever one makes me cry the most, I buy it. But, I, you know, just get a card that says says how you feel. And then at the bottom of that, just fess up and say, you know what, it's hard for me to tell you how I feel. You know what, when your daughter hears that from you, Daddy, when she just hears you admit, it's really hard for me to tell you how I feel. But this card, really, if I was going to say something to you, I would say something like this. I'm telling you, man. When she's seventy years old, she'll be showing that card to her grandchildren. You hear me? You gotta tell them. You gotta tell them. Affection is number two. Kids don't only need to hear it; they need to feel it. They need to feel it. Now, uh, I scare children to death because I ain't got me no grandchildren yet. So I'm just looking for grandchildren. There's one. Little children. <laughs> I mean, they're. Um, them little pool babies. They're here. I got up behind one of them this morning and lifted her hair up and got me some sugar back there. I walked around the front to see what she looked like. <laughs> That's her problem. I love little babies, I love hugging them, and man, this morning I was sitting in there drinking coffee in the coffee shop, and here comes little Maddie, just puts her arms around my waist, I'm telling you now, she keep doing that, she's going to my house, she's going home <laughs> with me, but you ought to touch them babies, that comes back to you daddies and those daughters, you got to touch them, and, and, and girls, ladies, moms, you got to touch those boys you got to touch them. Run your fingers through their hair. Hug them. Touch them every day. Hug them through the day. They need to feel it. They need to feel it. And when you say, well, I wasn't shown any affection. Well, change. And make sure your kids get what you didn't get. Come on, man. Quit talking about, well, (laughs) my mom. Okay, we got it. Everything's mom and daddy's fault. We got it. But you change. And love them babies and touch them babies and spend time with them babies and talk to them. And and I'm telling you, um, as we express ourselves to those children, they feel the third thing that I wanna talk about, and that's attention. When you're talking to them, um, that's attention. But let me tell you the best way to show your children attention listen. I know when they're little. You want to just go, come, Lord Jesus, quickly. Take me. You know, I know. So I had, you know, I were a little then, there. There's a bug, a worm, and then I had this worm at school, Daddy, and I put it in my mouth, and then this girl saw it, and she really liked me because I did that. And, and, Daddy, I got buddies at school. There goes a squirrel. You know, I mean, they're all over the place. And they're just talking. <laughs> and you're just like, mm. <laughs> just look at them when they're talking, focus, and keep saying to yourself, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Amen? Man, you know what? Because when you're talking to them, they are. They, you're saying to them, you matter to me. Put down your laptop. Stop going, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to kill myself, daddy. You're going to have fun. <laughs> Come on. We used to just have TV. Now we got laptop tv we got layers of stuff we got to get through to listen to the people who would die for us amen amen so when you don't pay them attention you don't listen you're saying you're not valuable to me but when you listen to them you're saying you're valuable here's what you're saying when you listen you're saying you're a priority and in my life, you say, Well, I got to tell you something, man. When I work all day, and I'm going to tell you I pay the bills and I work hard. and I come down, I pay that lot bill, I bring them groceries home. I'm going to tell you something, I need some time for myself. Well, get over yourself. And when you walk in, amen, amen, amen. I'm going to tell you men something. You say, Well, I ain't coming back no more. Hey, yeah, I know, but I got you right now. <clears throat> If your wife has to go to her children and go, Daddy's coming home, y'all go get in your room. Y'all go hide. Go, Don't bother Daddy. Daddy's going to come in. You know how he is when he comes in. He's like a grumpy old bear. I mean, she don't say that, but that's what she's basically, and those kids have to go to their room because they know you're coming home. Shame on you, sir. Shame on you. Get over yourself. i tell you what you do. Switch jobs with your wife. You'll be begging to go back out the next morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. You'll be begging to go. Amen, girls? Amen. Am I helping you? <laughs> and look, you you got to come in and let your wife go, and you be with the children. I, I knew this when I walked in the house one day, and Millie I said, hey, baby, you had a good day? She said, hey, you good boy, how you doing? And I said, oh, I got to get that woman with some adults. <laughs> you girls know what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, man, you calling up on the phone to order supper, and you go, how y'all doing down there at Fuji? I'm sorry. Ain't it true though? Amen, girls? You just need some adult conversation once in a while. Come in love on those babies and say, mama, just go to Starbucks or go wherever you want to go or go back there and block the bedroom door and run a bath and stand there for three hours. Because I'm gonna tell you guys what turns a woman on. (laughs) When she sees you vacuuming that floor, It's going to be a good night. <laughs> see, y'all think these guys here coming out, you know, giving it all that and you know, all that stuff. She don't care about that. Dude, get you, you dust and see what happens that night. Dust the house. You're going to be looking at her going, who are you and what have you done with my wife? Mm. Father, help us today to be good parents. Help us to break cycles in our life that hurt our children. Teach me to love my boys who are 30 and 28. Right, my boys are grown, but God, it's never too late to shape your children. Help me to be a good parent, God. God. Lord knows I'm not perfect. I've blown it so many times. But teach me even now at 53. We've got some 43, 33, and 23. Even younger. Teach us not to be selfish. But help us understand that when we love our children, when we give them attention, admiration, affection, when we do that, we're loving ourselves. Because they are part of us. If there's someone here this morning who does not know you, it's my prayer that they will open their heart and understand that you will never be the parent you want to be until you receive Christ as your personal Savior. Father, we thank you for this day. We dedicate it to your glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Hey, guys, uh, if you're new here to the church, you're a visitor, we have a gift for you right back here at the Guest Welcome Center. So before you leave, pick up your gift. Don't forget to sign up for all the stuff. God bless you.